throne and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone. If your time to you is worth saving, then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. For the times they are Good evening. It is Monday, November 4th, 2019, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of District 29's Political Action Committee podcast. This is District 29 Unpacked. I am your minority host, Adam Gibson. <clears throat> we are coming to you live from the halls of power here at OSSTF District 29 here, where a government divided against itself can never stand. Say hello to my regular co-host. He's always the leader of some kind of official opposition. It's Jason Bremner. Hey, hey. And she received more compliments after last month's podcast slash debate than anyone else. So that would make her our Jagmeet Singh. <gasps> He's still you. your beating heart. It's Tara France. Hello. So I hereby call this convention of the November Parliament to order. Remember to access us via the podcast app on your Apple device and search District 29 Unpacked. We had uh, 61 listens to the last episode. Awesome. Not terrible. Uh, subscribe to the pod to help us out. And remember, you can always email us with your questions or comments, suggestions, uh, things you'd like to see covered at d29pac at gmail.com. Or you can follow our PAC Twitter account at OSSTFD. And thank you in advance for tonight's sponsors who continue to generously support our segments. First of all, I'd like to say to everyone, happy Provincial Cell Phone Ban Day. Yay. Did you know that the cell phone ban officially came into uh, working practice today? I did. How did you celebrate? Today. Oh, the celebrations were wild in my classroom. Um, we worked on a literary essay, and I guess we just like went about our day as we normally would. Bremner, did anything happen? To, how did you celebrate? We celebrated by using cell phones to see if there was any legislation around this uh, idea or to see if there's been any directives from anywhere, from anyone in power about that hey, is this is what you're supposed to do. Teacher-directed cell phone use, That's which right. is totally in line with the policy. So congratulations, everyone. Let's all uh, make a pledge to get back here one year from today and, uh, and share our most favorite cell phone ban day memories. Um, thank you, Education Minister Stephen Lecce. Today, Tara and Jason and I will review some of the recent bargaining updates and the so-called 25 to 1 proposal. And later, Bayside Secondary School's Greg Stevens will stop by to talk about what's new in celestial cartography. Jason will chime in with his view from Press Row, of course. But tonight, we want to start with a bit of a catch-up with the man who is really in charge, our own former astronaut turned Governor General, District 29 President Scott Marshall. Hey, Scott. <laughs> or yeah, welcome back to Earth. Yeah, yeah, thank you. How can you not feel important with that kind of an introduction? Um, can you give us uh, a bit of your sense uh, about how you're feeling following last Monday's meeting at the banquet center? Yeah, so um, it's, it's still terribly unfortunate. We are where we are. There, there's there's uh, no need for the government to attack education the way they are. Uh, feeling very confident though that our members are fully informed about what's taking place. They know what's at stake. And it was very uh, good to see um, uh, them there in big numbers as a show of uh, solidarity and a willingness, I think, to engage and fight to protect uh, the current education system that we have. Yeah, that's positive. And we had our uh, strike votes last Friday. Tuesday. What was the day? Oh, Tuesday. Gosh. Right after the meeting. Yeah, it was the next yeah. day after the meeting. Uh, now, I know you can't talk particulars about it, um, but what happened? What's the process now? 
going forward for us and province-wide following. So the, the central ballots were counted and the results of those ballots were delivered to our provincial team. So okay. those will become part of the, the central tally, I suppose. Locals around the province are doing um, some probably right now as we speak. And they're to have those all done by November 15th. Sorry, what's the difference between the central tally and the local tally? Uh, under the school board's collective bargaining act, if you wish to have a uh, local strike, then you have to have a local oh, mandate okay, to sorry. do that. So uh, that's why we had two yeah, ballots two votes. there. That's what you meant, sir. That's right. And okay. we have a, a strong mandate uh, if we need it locally as well. So, of course, you know, no one wants to go on strike. But the, uh, the mandate delivered by our members, I think, lets us uh, go to a local bargaining table uh, with the board knowing that the members are behind their bargaining team. And I believe there's going to be a very strong mandate given to the central bargaining team as well to send a message that uh, teachers across this province are fully engaged and prepared to defend uh, the public school system. Can you <clears throat> tell the listeners a bit about uh, like the timelines and process, like say what's a, uh, what is the concept of a no board report or a legal strike position, how those things actually work? Sure, it's 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 a process that um, exists in the uh, Labor Relations Act and the School Board Collective Bargaining Act, and it, it's what moves you uh, to a position to be in a legal strike position. So, okay. if negotiations aren't going well, uh, either the parties can request a conciliator. If the conciliator comes in and things aren't solved there, uh, usually they're not. Um, you know, a, a no board report can be requested, and if that is delivered then the, you know, the unions would be in a, a legal strike position 17 days after that. And that's the same time when the employers can be in a, ch a position change terms and conditions as well. Okay. So OSSTF did receive a no board report, uh, I believe it was last Friday, November 1st. Yep. So we will be in a legal strike position then uh, centrally on November the 17th. 18th? 18th. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that's that one day, I believe. Yeah. Thank you. So for people listening, that doesn't necessarily mean November 18th, bang everybody's walking out. What it means is that you're in the position uh, to begin some kind of strike action. Now. Uh, that isn't coming necessarily November 18th, and likely not, I don't think. We don't no, think. no, that's right, and, and if, if you look at the updates that have been coming on bargaining, you can see there's, 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 there's uh, big ticket items at stake. And it sounds like the, the government and OPSPA uh, don't want to engage in meaningful discussions on that. So the hope is, that they recognize now that the, the union has a strong strike mandate. Uh, they're in a legal strike position. So let's start having some meaningful discussions, discussions in good faith on these uh, outstanding issues that need to be resolved for there to be um, um, collective agreements, I guess, uh, presented for ratification. Okay. Jay and Tara, how did you guys feel? I, you were both there. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you guys feel coming out of that meeting? Um. Uh, just echoing what Scott said, I mean, nobody wants to go on strike. We all have, like, our kids are in the system, and we're... Um, but that being said, I thought it was important that we send the message um, that we're standing out for education and that we won't have these cuts. Like, yeah, sure. You know, um, I know we're going to talk about going from 28 to 25 um, and what that means with their proposal, but when they want to get rid of uh, class like local class caps, sure. yep. that's that's craziness to me. I have, you know, my boys are in this system and I don't want my boys in a classroom with 45 or 50 other kids. They're not going to learn that way. Um, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to know that I want to, I want them to be confident that their mom stood up for their education. That's a good message. Jay? 
I think a lot of people are that remember back to the Harris times are kind of feeling some of those same feelings again. Like we're back in this place where things aren't good, but we go forward. Doesn't matter. You know, I like I'm, I got my 10 year pin last year. Good for me. Yeah. Got a frame. It's on the wall. Um, but I was saying to, to Rich Long the other night at the meeting, like, this is maybe my third time doing this already. <laughs> like I'm kind of, it seems kind of silly to say I'm sick of it. I appreciate it. I'm fairly new uh, to the profession, but it just seems dumb. that like every three or four years, I'm having some existential discussion about public education in Ontario. It should be far more uh, sustainable. And so like uh, a couple of the speakers uh, came down Monday night. We had Dave Warda, uh, provincial counselor, and coming to suggest just just that thing that that the focus for provincial negotiators is on uh, long term uh, gains and not just kind of cheap short term gains to get to some kind of decision, mm-hmm. and to aim for a kind of sustainable contract long term. And hopefully, one other goal he said was to defeat the government long term. Now, mm-hmm. this is a majority government that's not going anywhere for uh, a few years. Um, but I liked to hear that uh, the goal is not just get a contract for now, but get a system for the time being. And then Stephen Newstead, provincial negotiator, uh, spoke for a bit as well. And one thing that was interesting to me, I did not know were the rates of pay for strikes uh, for us, right? If we're actually out on strike. So for people who weren't there uh, listening at home, it's a full withdrawal if we were to ever get there. Uh, The pay is $55 a day that you're actually on a picket line um, for days one to 10 and then $65 a day beyond that plus $5 per dependent. Um, and he also mentioned, which I thought was important, and I hadn't considered that there's no pension or benefit loss uh, during the strike as well. And I think that that's hugely important. Sure. Um, I was very glad to to hear that. And I mean, like you said, nobody wants to get to that $55 yeah. a day. But to know that our pension and our benefits are protected if we do was a right. great relief, it I makes thought. makes people feel safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so for now, Scott, next steps, we just kind of wait to see uh, central, will, will we hear central numbers at some point? There, the there, wide numbers? November 15th, yes. And there's, I think we're on provincial bargaining update number 23 now. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, 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 there's news that keeps coming out. And, and again, the, the membership here, and probably province-wide, is very, very engaged and attuned to everything that's occurring. So for now... Uh, continue to be informed, uh, take time to read. Uh, anytime there's a government announcement, dig, dig deeper because they're, sure. they're not honest about uh, what's going on and they're, they're putting uh, spin as politicians do. Uh, there's still deep, deep cuts on the table. So we have to continue to stand together and be prepared to fight if that's necessary. You mentioned just before we recorded the potential for upcoming rallies at our MPP's offices. Do you want to tell people uh, what the kind of rough plan is? I know you don't have a firm plan. Yeah, we're, we're organizing, uh, going to be talking about, I guess, organizing rallies next week. And we'd like to rally outside of both uh, Todd Smith's uh, office and uh, Daryl Cramp as well. So we're looking so at the more, week of the 11th to 15th, but stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. more to come. We'll have the discussion with district council on Wednesday when we meet. And we're hoping our uh, brothers and sisters on the labor council can join us as sure. well as the elementary teachers. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, stay tuned, folks. And stay tuned to us right now. We're going to take a quick break for one of our sponsors to pay the bills. And we'll be back with segment two right after this. And accept it that soon you'll get drenched to the bone. If your time to you is worth saving, 
And you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. For the times they are Today's podcast is brought to you by the Politicians Protection Program. When polls have got you down and summer's got you high, enroll in the taxpayer-funded Politicians Protection Program. Here you'll continue to have access to your personal driver, pension, and bottomless pork barrel reserves. Just sign up, hide for five months, and enjoy all that being an Ontario provincial politician has to offer. You'll get a new identity, fake mustache, and suave summer updo. Say goodbye to Doug Ford and hello to Fug Dord. In the Politicians Protection Program, nobody has to see your face all summer long. There we are. Who ordered up the CCR? Uh, I think that went out for Minister Lecce. That's oh, <laughs> pretty harsh, man. He's just a hardworking kid. Fellow Western alumni. Likes his purple. Likes his seeps. Likes his money. Me and you both, Steve. We're in it together, bud. Don't give up the good fight. Anyway, are we back? Are we, we recording? Are. Yeah, we, we are, are recording. recording. So... <laughs> Uh, here in the second segment tonight, we want to follow up on some of the bargaining updates that have come from the central table uh, and also discuss some of the issues which have emerged uh, in the news over the last uh, week or two since we last reported. Uh, and if you have trouble keeping up with the bargaining updates, uh, I mean, join the club. I think there's <laughs> there's so many of them, right? Uh, I think it's positive that Federation has booked so many days. And there's I think in the last update, there was still a handful of them. Uh, scheduled, and I appreciate the strategy of trying to operate in good faith. Um, I would guess the good faith is probably starting to wear thin <laughs> now that we're into the mid twenties on our bargaining yeah. updates, yeah. right? Twenty four just came out, yep. right? You got to catch and them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so for sure. It's hard to keep that positive attitude. Well, we wanted to draw people back specifically to a couple of things that have come from bargainingforeducation.ca, uh, which folks will recall. Uh, is the website which uh, OSSTF is using to organize its bargaining updates and uh, additional information to support the position of the, the Federation in negotiations with the province. Um, and so we've highlighted a couple of the last central uh, bargaining updates to kind of seize upon a couple of the issues today. So Tara, I want to uh, see if you can let people know what was in the October 25th update um, regarding what things have not still been discussed. Okay, so in terms of things that or issues that the government has not yet discussed with OSSTF, um, that would be local priority funding, which um, is the funding that is in place for special education. Um, they have not yet uh, addressed hiring practices, uh, which is 274. Um, and the other uh, big topic is e-learning. Um, there is no uh, discussion about certification of e-learning or um, if they're, you know, what that's going to look like in the future. And recall, if I recall correctly, when you met with uh, Daryl Cramp, whenever, yes. was that in the spring or this fall? That was in the spring. So back in like May, June. And his uh, understanding of the e-learning program was cloudy 
at best? Um, well, I think he's, that generous? He's, he's very under the impression that there is going to be a teacher on site okay. who is going to be helping the students. So, um, I, I think, and, you know, to speak for him, like sure. trying to articulate from our conversation. Um, but I think, uh, what he envisions is that there will be, uh, students in a room, like a lab, sure. um, all working away on their computers, okay. um, that there will be a teacher kind of circulating amongst the students, um, and to help them with any problems that they encounter as they go through the course. And who that, is this Renaissance man teacher oh, who's, I do. who's doing everything from for you <laughs> physics to one D French. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I do not know who that person is. Find, um, me, that, find me that Swiss army knife. Right? <laughs> but yeah. So we all know from living the reality that of course e-learning doesn't look like that. Um, and I, I noticed that on, on that day and something Stephen Newstead, a provincial no negotiator mentioned at the last meeting is that they spent a lot of time on teacher certification, yes. which he, he said, like, we spent days on this when it should have been like an hour. Yes. That. Um, so the priorities, it, it has seemed in almost all of the bargaining bulletins that uh, from central table discussions, Federation is saying we worked on some stuff, but none of the stuff was in like super important, yeah. right? In terms of priorities, it seems like we are, uh, we're off in the, in the fringes here and not dealing with the heavy stuff. So that was from October 25th. Uh, and around the same time, Jason, uh, I want to throw it to you and minister of education, Stephen Lecce, because he had a little bomb to drop of his own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He announced that, uh, they'd like to change 28 to one to 25 to one, but remove the local caps and, uh, Harvey Bischoff, president of OSSTFE, so he, he had the quote, he said, making things not as bad as they previously announced is not, in my mind, a concession. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the intention was to be a concession, but uh, you sound more reasonable when you talk about lower numbers. But if you take away those caps that uh, Lecce's talking about, it's kind of like saying to somebody, okay, you're now going to drive 120 on the 401. That's what we recommend. Yeah, sure. But if you want to drive at 220, hey, go fill up the head, drive it on. And that's not always the wisest thing. It could mean locally you might have 50 kids in a class, or I'm going to be really extreme and say, hey, maybe even 60 kids, because there wouldn't be anything to limit it to get that high. And it might not be every class, but it means somebody's going to get nailed with something crazy. Yeah, if caps are at the central table now and out of the hands of local negotiations, then what Lecce uh, announced or suggested I'm not sure what you'd call it. Uh, what he had suggested was the new position was funding boards at the ratio of 25 to 1. That's right. Without any directive for that mm -hmm. uh, money to necessarily translate into 25 bums in 25 that's seats right. in front of, one on average. Yeah. First of all, that's on average and not, that's right. and not across the, the pale. So uh, do we have a sense of what kind of effects that would have? I mean, what could you envision? Well, having that kind of freedom, again, like I said, if you want to mandate... Uh, huge classes, you can. There's there's no protections on class size, and you don't have to have any kind of vast amount of research to understand if you've taught for even a few years what it means to have a good adult to student ratio in a classroom. There's nothing better than that. And as soon as you start messing with something that goes way, way out, you take away the quality of education for the kids involved. 
the uh, the numbers uh, that we've seen would still suggest some five thousand jobs lost. Yes. Still a, a, a substantial number, right? Uh, and a real uh, attack on the profession, I think. So. Um, Harvey Bischoff was quite firm in coming out against that. And and the stuff that I read, even the CBC, was pretty good about calling it out for what it was. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, if, if that number came down at 25 to 1 with still with still caps, that would be one thing. That would right? be an, an improvement over their previous position. Yeah. And this is part of the thing that I considered in the spring was I, when we get, when these, remember all this came out like the Friday of March break. Right? Yeah, March break. yeah, yeah. And so the episode after that was all of a sudden where I started seeing the peaks and the listens like jump up on the <laughs> podcast, like all of a sudden people were engaged. And I remember saying with Chris at the time, like, I wonder if they're just staking a position that is so far out um, that when they walk it back to what they actually want, they'll seem, yeah, you know, I don't know, considerate or yeah. to be listening or something like that. But when they're talking about the kids and the funding was 28 to 1, and we know that they can find efficiencies in other places like EQAO, um, you know, there are, there are, there's, there is money that could be cut and EQAO is, yeah, sure. is part of that. Um, you know, and it's also hard when the ministers, the deputy ministers get a 14% pay increase and you're asking for cost of living. And it's like, Think Seriously? Of the like, are Think you... of the debt. <laughs> well, let me, on that note, let me uh, draw back to the, the last bargaining for education uh, bulletin. Um, there, there were some issues around uh, benefits discussed. Uh, and from bargaining for education, I'll read to you directly. Here, the management team also proposed mandating co-pays that do not exist in other plans in the education sector and is attempting to micromanage the benefits trust by dictating plan design and eligibility. And OSSCF responded here, this proposal has been rejected outright. So my understanding of that would mean a reduction in um, the benefits associated with the drug plan, I would guess, mm-hmm. and uh, assuming that members would take on more of those costs themselves. And furthermore, that the management team, uh, and they're referring to the government here, has yet to address funding sustainability, including a variety of proposals from OSSTF uh, to the Minister of Ed that have yet to been even discussed at the table, like... Uh, Ministry of Education initiatives, perhaps a reduction in those that could help save some staffing levels. Uh, EQAO and its associated costs, which are uh, well publicized at this point. Um, Opportunities to find efficiencies in the grievance arbitration process. And then one of local interest, uh, suggested financial savings through short voluntary unpaid leaves. Uh, The so-called VLAP, whatever you want to call it, uh, that we continue to have here that is not uh, encouraged across uh, other boards necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I think I said in the last podcast, I'll say it again here, this one baffles me. Like, I don't understand yeah, I why. Don't, I don't understand why I the like logic. It. Yeah. I like it. It's, 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 it's a good plan. It saves the board money. It makes opportunities that uh, education workers don't usually have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. Yeah, that's so Do we need to tell the government that we hate VLAP and then they'll like VLAP? Is that, should be our new strategy? Please don't give us VLAP. (laughs) And finally, a sick leave efficiency pilot program and associated savings. So um, if you're looking to save money, we've got some ideas for you. Um, But it seems like at this point, they're not super interested in learning. So um, stay tuned for future bargaining uh, bulletins. I'm sure Um, if you can try and keep your keep the entire collection. Maybe there'll be some kind of collector's item. In 50 <laughs> years, you'll be at an OSSTF meeting and find someone with like a, 
a signed copy, each one laminated and signed by Scott and Harvey Bischoff, and we'll go for Thanks. at least $100 by then. Uh, in the meantime, stay tuned for our next advertisement. Our next sponsor and Jason will be right back with his op-ed. Today's podcast is brought to you by Canadian Tire's perfect gift for Christmas, Conservative Backtrack. Did you ever announce something that was horribly unpopular, then immediately try to undo it? Erase it with ease with Conservative Backtrack. Simply deliver your obnoxious best man speech, unrequited love declaration, or offside Thanksgiving dinner opinion into the backtrack, and watch as the device transforms it into a politically sanitized version of your true intentions. No more messy funding announcements or disastrous education policies. Because with Backtrack, nothing lasts forever, even cold November rain. Backtrack, backtrack, take it all back with Backtrack. Patent pending. Part of going forward into any unsure time is the desire to know that you're not alone. The unknown is by far the scariest thing out there. We have many worries. What if a job action lasts a long time? What if things go poorly? Nothing of great value is ever won easily through history. It never feels good to stare job action in the face, but often feels worse to look at the alternative. Political protest, labor dispute, support rally, these all draw some people out of their comfort zone. A high percentage of support among us is a good start. This is our first notice to each other that we're all here. We're not alone. The people in our work sites are for the most part of one mind. We will do what we must and we'll do it together. My father was a shop steward for GMP in the 70s and 80s. He spent a few hours one afternoon making a little wooden frame with three colored wires twisted together, standing up out of the frame and beside them three single wires drooping and bent. I was small then and I asked him, what are you making? He produced a little paintbrush and he painted a few words over each of the two wire bundles. United we stand, divided we fall. I asked him where those words came from and he laughed and he said, from the oxen. Aesop wrote a fable called The Four Oxen and the Lion. A lion used to prowl about a field in which four oxen used to dwell. Many a time he tried to attack them, but whenever he came, they turned their tails to one another, so that whichever way he approached them, he was met by the horns of one of them. At last, however, they fell a-quarreling among themselves, and each went off to pasture alone in a separate corner of the field. Then the lion attacked them, one by one, and soon made an end of all four. United we stand, divided we fall. This is true among the members of our union, true for OSSTF, ETFO, OECTA, CUPE, and the others and true of unions that represent workers all over Canada, North America, and the world. Our strength is in our trust of the solidarity that we have together. Every education worker must be worthy of the trust of every other. So we are not alone in a corner of the field when the lion comes a-prowling. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Big Blue Machine Marketing. With Big Blue Machine Marketing, you can polish any lump of coal into a beautiful diamond, then burn it to create energy. 
Big Blue Machine Marketing is the hero of catchy slogans like Buck a Beer and For the People. Those healthcare cuts are deadly, dear. They're efficient. And dropping 5,000 teachers and forcing kids without the internet to take online courses isn't callous or cold. It's modern. Big Blue Machine Marketing. Making Ontario great again. One bullshit slogan at a time. Yeah, too loud. Just calm down. <laughs> you just take five. And calm down, all right? Well, thanks, you uh, folks, for listening in on episode six. Our apologies to Greg Stevens. We had to bump him again for time. Uh, Unbelievable. Right. We'll make sure we get him in on our next episode to talk about some of the recent changes in constellations. A reminder to follow us on Twitter at OSSTFD and that you can always email d29pacgmail.com with your feedback. You know, I've been saying that message for probably seven or eight episodes. One email, I think. Wow. Yeah, so props to that guy for sending that one email. And he was not from our district. Uh, give us, yeah, give us an iTunes subscription and press your colleagues to get engaged now too. Uh, a couple things coming up. There is an OSSTF social November 23rd at the Sterling Theater. If you're interested, there are discounted tickets. And AMPA... What's the acronym stand for again, Jay? The Annual Meeting of the Provincial Assembly. is the first weekend in March. If you're interested in being a delegate, please speak to Michelle Dalrymple. Um, I need to correct from the first uh, segment I called Dave Warder Provincial Counselor. He is not. He is an executive officer. So there you go. Um, thanks for listening and ensure you continue to support uh, your QP colleagues, your OSSTF colleagues, and anyone and everyone involved in education and let them know that we're all fighting the good fight. Thanks again for listening and you will hear from us again uh, either very late November or very early in December. That's yeah. right. It's almost December. The holiday Holy special. Smokes. In the meantime, just calm down, okay? Talk to you soon. <laughs>